Hey, listen, this band deserves a lot more love. Give them a little more love this morning. Come on, y'all. Woo! Horn section, keys, throwing it down, man. We are so thankful that you're here. Welcome to the Simple Church. We're in a series. It's all about problem solving. It's kind of like summer school, and I made a joke last week about... I'm the guy that was in the remedial group. I had to go to summer school. I had to learn things. I wasn't always the sharpest, but I did see my hero out there. Coach St. Andre, he's in the room. Give Coach St. Andre a little love. Come on, y'all. Give him a little love. You go, why are you giving him some love? Well, because he helped me through math. I was never really good at math, and I just have to give a shout out because it was people like him that loved on me as I was trying to figure out how to solve problems, and I wasn't always good at it. So if you're in the room today and you go, man, I got some problems, and I'm not good at it either, including... Well, excluding math, I should say, because I'm not really going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about things we all can relate to. For example, do you have any friends that sometimes can be a problem? Let me hear you. If you've got a friend, come on, be honest. Okay, see, they might be sitting with you, so you pull. That's cool. That's cool. Here's a picture of my friend that i got a problem with right here. His name is Keith Sally. Give Keith some love. Come on, let him know. Come on. Now, y'all go, who is Keith Sally? Well, Keith Sally, seriously, is in my life group, one of my dear friends, and we cut up a lot. Uh, this guy's got a lot of problems, though. His biggest one, he is single. So if your lady's in here, his number is... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to him. But what I am going to do is show over the year, me and Keith have been to Honduras. We've been to Haiti. This guy has walked to raise money for water wells. He's come to birthday parties. He's helped me at nursing homes. We've been surfing together. You name it, we have enjoyed a lot of life together. Well, here's the one thing that uh, is a problem with Keith is he communicates too much, all right? He will text you. He will call you. He's always trying to let you know what's going on. So last Sunday, we launched Problem Solving Summer School, and I used a little clip from the movie in 1987, Summer School. Well, Keith gets home. He turns on TV, and next thing I know, my phone starts blowing up. Angie, I think Keith's calling. I think it's Keith. I said, Angie, I know, but I go over there and look, and he's like, <laughs> look at here. Summer School's on TV. Look at here. Sunday, last Sunday, all right, it is 2 o'clock. He's like, man, look at there, summer school's on TV. Boy, <laughs> he's cutting up with me. I'm like, yeah, Keith, that's cool. Well, one time would be enough. But in case y'all didn't know, he searched every day this past week for summer school. And guess what? It kept coming up. There's Monday, summer school's on access. And it was one after another, another. So we were cutting up and having a good time with it. And then finally, I was like, God, I know you're trying to teach Keith something. He ain't listening, all right? So it is all about problem solving, and it might be a little remedial, Keith, which you were in that same group, but hopefully you will learn something as long as you pay attention. So class, are you with me? Can I get an amen out there somewhere? All right, we may be in the remedial group, but our goal is to teach you something, and you are going to get through this, and we're going to have a little fun with it. Now, the reason I was picking on Keith is because when he put up the little TV guide for his direct TV or whatever he's watching, it reminded me of a problem that I have had as well. Maybe you've incur you know, had the same thing with an electronic device in your family, and that is when it locks up on you. So you have an electronic device, and next thing you know, you're trying to go through life, and the thing freezes on you. When we had direct TV, it would happen to us a lot. We'd be watching TV, you're in your favorite program, next thing you know, an image like this would come up on the screen. Warning, you know, before completing these items, you have to restart the receiver, it's been locked up. Then if it's not direct TV that you're having problems with, if you have any kind of computer, you've probably seen a screen that looks like this. Your PC has run into a problem, it couldn't fix it, so you have to reboot it, you have to restart it. But probably the thing that annoys most of us more than any other device is when your phone gives you the black screen of death. 
It is the idea that you're trying to live your life, you're trying to use all these devices that are supposed to help you, but when they have problems, they lock up on you and slow you down, and it frustrates you. And the last thing you want to do is call tech support. Can I get an amen on that? Come on. You already know that people aren't always helpful when it comes to the problems you've encountered. Not just with technology, it could be anything. And because it's summer, and many of you are in the summer travel season, and you're trying to figure out how to go here and go there, and thankful that you're watching online, or you're thankful you're back from your vacation, or if you're preparing to go on a vacation, I'm trying to help you. Because when I saw this clip, it reminded me of all of the people that we've encountered in our life. Sometimes the people in the airport aren't always so helpful as you're trying to go on a journey. And just to have a little fun and lighten up a little bit, if you get into a problem like this, keep a good attitude. Ben Stiller, take it away. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. We're only boarding rows nine and above right now. You'll have to wait. Well, I'm in row eight. Please step aside, sir. It's just one row. Don't you think it's okay if I... We'll call your row momentarily. Step aside, sir. waiting. We'd like to continue boarding the aircraft now. We're now boarding all rows, please. All remaining rows. Hello. Enjoy your flight. His face, tell me his face doesn't say it all, right? You're trying to get through life, okay? And problem after problem after problem begin to frustrate you. You're stuck in line. You have a phone that doesn't operate. You get home and your direct TV freezes up. Sometimes it's traffic. Sometimes it's technology. And then other times it's you're about to leave here. We're going to get you out of here. You're going to go eat. You know, you're going to grab you a coffee on the way out. Maybe Starbucks, one of your favorite little coffee shops. And you're going to get in line. And the next thing you know, there's going to be another problem. And so just to remind you that problems are everywhere, here's Will Ferrell to remind you of how you're not supposed to react if you get into a problem situation like this. One more, watch. Ooh, I don't know, the Irish cream sounds good, huh? What's that? Uh, it's cream and it's, uh, it's Irish. Hurry up and order. Excuse me, thank you. Um, how about a smoothie, what's in that? Smoothie's a juice drink, we want coffee. Buddy, relax. No, you relax. I'm a regular here. This line needs to move. I beg your pardon. Do you have scones? Tall, non-fat, double latte. Sir, you're at the back of the line. I recognize that. Cut it out or you're out of here. You can't kick me out. You know what? You're, you're really invading my ear space. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. Do you have a card? Do you have a card? No, I don't have Does a card. Does anyone here have a card? We don't have frequent drinker cards. That's a video club card. Ah! Zip it there, Sporty Spice. Are we doing this? Oh. Is this happening now? Yeah. Wanna Sir, go? Great. I'd love to. Let's do it. You're hurting me! You're hurting me! What is wrong with you? 
with you, Derek? I thought we were friends. My name is Andy. Your name is Liar because you're telling lies. You know what? The odds are I will never come back here again. There's a good chance of that. That's a chance we'll have to take. Okay, so that's how you want to play it. Okay. I am disappointed. God! Come on, y'all. Give him a little love. Y'all understand? You've been there. You've been frustrated. Things don't go your way. You begin to get frustrated, and you act out on the problems that you're encountering, including, hopefully, not acting like this. But why do we do this? Because we get overloaded. It's like your devices. It's like your phone. It's like your TV. It's like so much information coming in, so many problems. The next thing you know, it's like, uh-uh, I can't take anymore. And trust me, when I tell you that I can relate, I have a feeling you can as well. And the problem is our system malfunctions. You can only handle so many problems. When these things start coming in, you begin to have the old pinwheel of death. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, I don't know if I can take one more. And this is the question I want you to ponder as we go down this journey today. You've seen two examples of where people can frustrate you. Things can really aggravate you. Because you're trying to get through life and you're going, I don't know why I'm having to go through all this. And then once they begin to pile up, your life spins out of control and you begin to act in ways that aren't really cool at all. So let me ask you, are you spinning out of control today? If I were to talk to your spouse, if I were to talk to somebody at work, if I were to talk to any of your friends, would you go like, hey man, you all right? What's going on with you? Because you and I all can relate to the real world is right outside those doors. You can be cool in here, everything's all right, but something can go wrong. A problem can arise, and the way we react affects not only us, but the people around us. And you can freeze up, or you can melt down like we've seen. So let's go to school and look at a passage and learn how we can solve the problem better. Sometimes people hurt us. Sometimes people frustrate us. And those are the problems that really aggravate us the most. And this is a great example in Scripture of how we can navigate this. Mark chapter 5. The person in charge of this Jewish meeting place was there. His name was Jairus. This is like the guy that is the leader. He is in charge. He knows how to solve problems. He's good at it. But when he saw Jesus, he went over to him. So the reason I'm saying this right up front is this leader, this guy that's in charge, knew that Jesus could solve problems that he could not solve. And when you see what's going to happen next, you'll understand that some things are beyond our ability to fix. We got to have somebody other than us to help us with it. Because you go, man, I can't solve that one. I can't fix this problem. Mark 5, 22, it continues. It said, he knelt at Jesus' feet and he started begging him for help. This is a grown man. This is a leader. But he has fallen to his knees and he is begging Jesus for help. What in the world could cause a grown man to fall to his knees and beg for help? Well, we'll see as the story continues. It's because his daughter is about to die. You talk about our serious problem. Sometimes we're frustrated over a car line or a relationship. Maybe it could be a diagnosis, a health problem. But when you get to this situation where your kid is in a situation that cannot be solved by you, as a dad, that's frustrating. It's scary. You will melt down. And he has now knelt literally at the knees of Jesus and said, all right, I can't solve this. So he tells her, please come and touch her so she'll get well and live. I don't know about you, but when you are in a situation with one of your kids and you can't solve it, there's a word that really comes to my mind, and that is fear. You become overloaded by fear. 
Whether it's a diagnosis, whether it is the way they're acting, the way they're behaving, you're going, man, I can't solve this. I can't fix this. What do I do? And all of these emotions start running through your body, and then you're going, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And you can lock up. You can begin to be paralyzed by that fear. This week it happened to us when we're just living life out in the world, right? Angie calls me out of the blue, and she's like, hey, Hannah is being rushed to Willis Knight and Piermont. You need to meet me over there. Hannah's my oldest daughter. I'm like, do what? She's like, I don't have a whole lot of time. Is something happened at work? I don't know. She did, she's just going to Willis Knight and Piermont. You need to get in the car. You need to come on. What do you think? Dude, the first thing you think is the worst. Your heart sinks, your fear. You begin to go, oh my gosh, what's going on? Well, we get over there and thank God it wasn't too bad. She had a situation where she hurt her wrist. Now, I would have liked that information. Every man, can I get an amen out there? So I'm like going, I mean, is it a car wreck? Is it what's going on? I'm like, well, what happened? She's like, well, I don't really know all the details. Well, it ended up being minor. A couple of x-rays. Hey, you're no problem. They wrap it up. I'm like, okay, have a great day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But on my way, this is a problem I can't fix. I don't know what the solution is. I'm nervous. I'm worried. All these emotions are going through. I'm like, how am I going to get through this? And like I said, mine was minor. But maybe as you walk in here today, yours is not minor. Maybe there is such a major problem that has come into your life as you're walking in here like, man, you have no idea what I'm up against with my career, with my kids, with my health. And in the midst of all of those emotions running through you, thoughts like this come to mind. I wonder if Jesus can meet the need. See, this is what Jarius thought right off. He's like, hey, there he is. I wonder if he's going to be able to help me. Another thought that comes to mind for all of us in here when it begins to overwhelm you. I wonder if Jesus cares about me. I wonder if he cares about my situation. If you're honest, you've thought that. I have. I mean, he's got a lot of problems out there. He ain't worried about my problem. I mean, does he really know me? Does he really know what, what I'm going through? And then ultimately what we all want to know is, is he going to come help me? I wonder if Jesus cares enough that he will come to me and help me. Well, I believe that Jairus was walking through all of these thoughts. Man, Jesus, do you care? Are you going to come help me? Do you know what's going on? And the good news that we see in this scripture is also good news for us. It's because as the story continues, you'll see that Jesus went with Jairus. So in the middle of him begging for help, he gets up and he says, I'm going to go with you. And then in the process, all these people begin following him. They're crowding around him as they're on this journey to go look at his daughter, to help with his daughter. She's about to die. We don't know what to do. We need your help. Jesus, come. And he's like, okay, let's go. And then this crowd's like, man, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to go with him. So all of these people begin to follow him. But something strange happens on the way to this emergency. This is not like a casual situation. This is life and death. My daughter's about to die. I need some help. Let's go. It's an emergency. But in the middle of the emergency, the unthinkable happens. Jesus stops in the crowd. Now, I don't know if you have ever been in a situation where you really need somebody to come through for you. You really need some help, and you're like, all right, let's go, let's go. And all of a sudden, they're like, hold on a second. I'm not right. I'm not ready. I, just give me a minute. You're like, uh, what are we doing? Why are we stopping? This is emergency. Let's go. Don't stop. My daughter is literally about to die. We got to go. You know Jairus was thinking that. He's like, come on, let's go. Well, what would cause Jesus to stop in the middle of this emergency moment? Look at what he says. This is what causes him to stop. Who touched my clothes? 
You know if you're Jairus like me, I'm like, everybody's touching you, Jesus. What do you mean who touched you? This is stupid. He's frustrated. He's about to melt down. Will Farrell, like, hey, what are we doing here? Why are we stopped? Let's go. What are you doing? This is my daughter. You can't stop, Jesus. Help me. Have you ever been there before? You need Jesus to come through. You're trying to figure out what's going on. You're trying to, okay, God, we need some help. And then it just seems like everything stops. You make some good moves, man. It looks like, a, you know, somebody's calling you back for a job interview or maybe your relationship with your wife hadn't been going well. The next time it seems like it's kind of going in the right direction and then boom, something happens and everything is just stopped in time and you're like going, uh, what's happening? And fear begins to invade your life and you begin to lock up, get paralyzed by that fear, wonder if it's really going to happen with your kid. Everything's going fine and then something happens. Your kid tells you something. You're like, oh my gosh, why? What happened? What are we doing? Why are we having to go through this? You already know it's with my dad, brain cancer out of nowhere. You're like, wait, wait a second. Wait, I thought we were doing good. I told you a couple of years. My dad looked at me and said, I thought I lived in 93. How do I have brain cancer? You can look in jobs. You can look at health. You can look at marriage. All of these things are happening when we walk out of here. And guess what? I know you brought them in here. And probably a lot like Jairus, you're going, what's happening? Jesus, do you care about me and my problem? Are you going to come to me? Do you even know what's going on? And why in the world are you taking so long? Why are you stopping? I mean, I need some help, man. I need a job. I got to take care of this. I got to take care of that. I need some help with the kids or whatever the problem may be. Well, this is the part that's really cool about this story. It's in the midst of what was going on. The emergency's happening. Now, if you don't know who stopped him, it was a lady. She also had her own emergency. And she fought through the crowd and she just touched him. And the story says that he felt the power leave his body to go and heal this woman. Now that's a story for another day. But the reason he stopped is he was like, it wasn't just people touching him. Somebody touched him and he felt his power leave him. And he's like, man, wait a second. Jesus is like, wait, who just touched me? And this woman was healed right there on the spot because she knew that Jesus could solve her problem. So while he's in the middle of this moment talking to her, watch what happens. He's still talking to the lady. And they're having this conversation like, what's your story? What's happening? These messengers arrive from Jairus' home. But they don't have good news. They're running into the crowd. They're running to Jairus. Jesus is standing there. He's talking to this woman. And they're going, hey, it's too late, man. Your daughter... Is dead. So what's the point in Jesus coming now? Man, I don't know if you've ever had friends or anybody else and they're like, oh, you're still praying for that? What's the point, bro? It's dead. The relationship is over. This is, I mean, it, what's the point of you praying, man? It's, there ain't nothing going to happen now. Jesus didn't come in and save you. He didn't come in and save the situation. There's no miracle here. It's over. And if you wouldn't have stopped Jesus, maybe we would have seen something happen. I mean, if you hadn't been too busy with somebody else's problem, maybe you would have seen my problem. And matter of fact, Jesus, I'm pretty frustrated because it seems like you care about everybody else and you don't care about me. You didn't, you didn't care about my kid. So guess what? Let's just forget it, right? 
So in the middle of all these messengers, the crowd's going on, this woman's healed, everybody's gathered around. You may give me some really good news. Mark 5, 36. And Jesus heard what they said. In the midst of all of that confusion and all of that chaos and the messengers and he's mad and they're all frustrated, what's going on? And Jesus is like, hey, it looks like I'm engaged with this lady and I'm not paying attention to your problems, but I hear you. And here's the good news for all of us in this room, all of you watching online, you're going, man, I don't know if God hears me. Well, good news. Jesus does hear you. He hears you. He hears me. And in your frustration with whatever this problem is, and it could be a lot of different things, you're tempted to throw on the towel. You're tempted to say, there's no way Jesus cares about me. No, he's like, no, I hear you. And the same thing that Jesus said to Jairus, because he was going, I can't believe this is happening. My daughter's dead. If you hadn't stopped, the messengers, all this is going through. But look what Jesus says to Jairus next. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Now, this is not me speaking to you. Thank God that as I look in this scripture, and I work through life just like you do. I'm frustrated. I struggle. I try to navigate it and go, all right, what's going on? Whether, for example, on the boardwalk, everybody's like, you know, are you going to do that? Why are we waiting? What's going on? There's a lot of things that you don't always understand the timing. My dad and his cancer, you're like, I don't understand what's going on with that. You could have anything financial problems, you can have relationship problems, you can have health problems. All these things are going on. You're like, what's going on? The same thing that Jesus said to Jairus, the same thing he says to you and I. He's like, hey, man, don't be afraid. Just have faith. So in my notes and on the screen for you today, this is what I tell myself and I remind myself of. You and I need to have faith that Jesus cares about you and your problem. Whether that's your kid, whether that's your spouse, whether that's your career, whether that's your finances, whether it's your health, he cares. And in the midst of all the chaos where it seems like Jesus doesn't care, he doesn't hear you, he doesn't know what goes on, he's always in control. And what caused Jesus to stop in the middle of a journey, going to an emergency, why did he stop? This is why these phrases are so important. His faith is what stopped him. That woman that was healed, that he stopped, which is a whole other story for another time, he looked at her and said, your faith has healed you. She had faith, and she said, if I can just get to where I can touch his clothes, I'm going to be good. He don't have to talk to me. He don't have to look at me. He don't have to say anything to me. I just believe if I can touch his garment, dude, I'm good. And it happened. And even in the midst of him stopping and he's solving one problem, this lady's problem, you think, well, now he messed up. There's no way this other problem didn't get done. It didn't stop his plan. God's plan was not like, oh, my gosh, I didn't see this coming. Now I don't know what to do next. No, he recognizes and stops and says, man, that kind of faith, that says something to me. And that's why he looked at Jairus when he was going to be like, hey, don't be afraid. Just have faith. So what happens next is he pulls the boys together and he's like, hey, Peter, James, John, you're the only ones going with me. And they started going to Jairus' house and they saw people crying and making a lot of noise. I love that part. It's like, man, they're just in there. They're weeping. They're mourning the loss of a 12-year-old child. And they're going, I can't believe this happened and it's going on. And Jesus walks in with his boys and he's just like, hey, 
Why are y'all crying and carrying on? Now that seems insensitive, doesn't it? You're like, oh, Jesus, she's dead, bro. Like, what would you do? Why, why? Of course we're doing this. But then Jesus looks at him, he's like, she's not dead. I'm telling you she's not dead. She's just asleep. But watch what happens, and I'll underline it for you. But the people laughed at him. Now, why would I point that out, and why would the Scripture tell us this? And this is something for all of us in the room, including me. The problem is they were seeing all of the circumstances. They were seeing everything, and they were going, this is reality. I'm just telling you, I, I don't know who you are, and I don't know who you think you are, but the problem is right in front of me, and it is real. And you're coming in and acting like you don't see the problem, Jesus. Apparently, you don't really have good vision because this child is dead. And he's like, no, she's just asleep. And so they're laughing and going, we don't believe you. You're crazy. And that's a problem. When you really lose faith that God can solve whatever the problem is, and you begin to laugh at the fact that God, ain't no way God can solve this relationship. God can't fix this problem. God can't do that. He's like, no, listen, what I'm telling you is, let me do my thing. And I'm trying to work on your faith. Now, you may not want it. The relationship's dead. The finances are dead. Your sickness, you know what I'm saying? It's like there's a bad prognosis and it's like, but in the process of whatever it is, he's like, no, I'm, che I'm checking your faith. I'm testing your faith. So when they begin to laugh, it's like, man, they don't have any faith. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. They're just like, there's no faith. So what does Jesus do when there's no faith? And this will trip you out. He threw them all out. <laughs> he's like, hey, appreciate all y'all laughing. Get out. You know, I'm just kidding. No, he's like, you know, hey, y'all got to go. Like, what do you mean I got to go? Get out. Jesus fixed the problem, didn't he? He's like, hey, listen, y'all don't have any faith. You don't see. Get out. If you don't have faith and you don't trust me and you don't believe, I need you to move. Because that lack of faith is going to be a problem. It's going to be a hindrance moving forward. And when I tell you that faith is a big deal to Jesus and it doesn't take much, I'll remind you of a few other passages of why this is such a big deal with whatever problem you have. You're frustrated. You're locked up. Doesn't make any sense, man. All of a sudden, it, it, I'm frozen in fear. What, what's going on? He's like, let me tell you. I'm looking for faith. Matthew 17, 20. Because you're not taking God seriously. Sound familiar? Laughing. <laughs> what are you? Yeah, right, God. Jesus said, the simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, you remember this, a mustard seed. You tell that mountain to move. And it moved. There would be nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle if you could just get a little bit of faith. Now, what this says to me is because I'm a sinner like you, man. I struggle like you. I can't get it right like you. I want to have faith. Sometimes circumstance, situation, you're like, come on, man. Look at reality. Reality is, is this thing never going to change. Reality is, is. But this is where I go, all right, God, what are you teaching me? He's like, well, do you believe that I can do anything? Do you believe that I care about you and your situation, that I care about you and your problems? 
Or are you still on this journey? He's like, no, no, I got this. I'm on my own. I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll work it out. I'm just not going to. He's like, no, no, no. This is the part that's really going to trip you out. Ready? Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is, what's this word? To please God. See, if you don't have faith, if you lose your faith, you can't please him. So what he's saying is, it's like, all right, you're on this journey. You've got all this negativity. You've got all these problems. You don't know how you're going to overcome them. Remember, this is summer school. You need to remember this. This is problem solving 101. Faith is a critical element to solving problems. Faith that it can be different, that God does hear us, that he can do a miracle. And that you have to trust him in whatever direction he goes and whatever he's doing. Sometimes if he's late, sometimes if he stops, there is a plan. He is not confused. He's not thrown off. He got you. And when you don't have it, he's like, hey, listen, man, you probably need to move out of the way a little bit because I got some work to do. And I'm looking for anybody that has just a little bit of faith. Because what happens next, when you talk about impossible to please God, but then if there's just a little bit of faith... He took the 12-year-old girl by the hand and he said, little girl, get up. The girl got right up and started walking around. And they, of course, were all beside themselves with joy, you can imagine. If you thought you were in an impossible situation, when Jesus shows up and he's like, hey, honey, get up. All of a sudden, they're all tripping. Like, man, he did it. And he's on time. And there was a lesson, the reason that maybe he stopped is one, we get the lesson of the young lady who had just enough faith without even seeing it. She's like, I don't need you to say nothing. I'm just going to touch you and I'm going to be healed. And then we have the other side of this faith of just going, if you don't have it, I need you to get out of the way because I'm fixing to do something with those that believe. And remember, Jairus believed because he got down and begged. My only hope is you, Jesus. My only hope is you. And now he sees it. And remember the questions. This is the summer school quiz. There'll be a test later. When you walk out, there's going to happen. I wonder if Jesus can fix whatever's going to go on in your life. Whatever, what's your problem? Think of it in your mind. Man, it's finances, it's relationship, it's health, whatever. He can. No matter what it is, Jesus can. I wonder if he can. Yeah, he can. I wonder if he cares about me and my situation. He does. Can he really handle with everything else going on in the world? He can. I wonder if Jesus will come when I need him. He will. He already has once. He came to this earth and solved a problem that you and I couldn't solve. He says he's going to come again for the second coming. We already know that. But then probably most powerfully for you today, he promises to come to meet you and your problem. Because what I have learned and this is why, again, church is so good for me. Is that if I can read a story like that, I'm not going to read that during the week. I'm going to watch the news. You'll be on TikTok. You'll be running your errands, playing sports, whatever it is. And next thing you know, you can get lost in all the problems and you forget this, that Jesus is your problem solver. You wonder if he can? Yeah, he can because this is what he does. And our problem is, is just like all of us in this room, I promise you I can relate when this, I say this next statement. Jerry has taught us a valuable lesson. The reason you go to that scripture is because he ran to Jesus first. Usually, me and you, you try to solve the problem yourself. 
You go read a book on this and you talk to this person and then I've researched this and I watched this show and I got a documentary and I've researched and this is what I got to do and then I'm, I'm eating berries and crumbs and I'm going to figure out, I got to get all of this stuff going. And then the last resort when none of that stuff works is, Jesus, help us. And what I'm trying to learn and what I want you to learn is let's go to Jesus first. A little insight into me, before I get on this stage, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I go, all right, Jesus, God, I need you today. Man, I want to be able to talk. I want to be able to, people to teach them something. I want to be able to walk away and be better. But Jesus, it ain't on me. I'm a remedial student. Can I get an amen? Took me 10 years to get out of college. Okay. Jesus, use me. I'm coming to you first. Boardwalk, we know everybody, well, you need to do this. I'm like, I don't, all y'all say what you want to say. I'm going to Jesus first. Jesus, you know what the future is. We got smart people who help us. We got great teams of people. But Jesus, it's you. What do you want to do? Whether it's a health situation, a family situation, a financial situation, Jesus, I'm coming to you. Before I get on the stage, Jesus, I'm coming to you. And because it's the summer school edition and we're giving you extra bonus, this is extra credit. If you remember, there was another example of faith and it was in the middle of a storm. And many of you walked in here and the storm is raging right now. Your family situation, your finances, whatever it is, it's like, it's not something that's happened in the past. You're not something I worry about the future. You are in the storm. I got good news for you. Jesus is the problem solver and he knows where you are. If you look back at Matthew 14, in the middle of the storm, them disciples and all this stuff's going on, man, Jesus came to them walking on the water. And in the midst of all that, you're like, why is that important? Because when you're in the middle of a storm, man, and you're trying to figure it out, you're like going, I know I'm supposed to go to Jesus first, but I'm scared to death. I'm frozen in fear. I'm paralyzed. I'm overwhelmed. I need a reboot. I don't know even know what to do with all this. How do I solve this problem? And then you look at passages like this. They looked up and they see a ghost out there and like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. We're going to drown. And now the ghost is coming. And Jesus is like, no, hey man, it's me. Matthew 14. Don't worry. How many of you are so paralyzed with fear and worry? You're like, for your kids, for your future, you're fine. Oh my God, what's going to happen? He's like, hey man, can you trust me? Do you trust me? It's me. And then just like he told Jairus, don't be afraid. Then Peter comes out, he's like, hey, Lord, if it really is you, then tell me to come to you. And what does he say? He said, Peter, come on. Jarius, come on. This is the thing. All of us are going to other places. We leave Jesus out. I'm just saying, just keep going to him, man. Jesus, I want what you want. I can't figure it out. Nobody can figure it out. I need you first. And yeah, he may lead you to different people. He may lead you to different circumstances and situations, but don't leave Jesus out. Usually it's your last resort. Make it your first decision. I ran across this video just to kind of show you the power of coming to Jesus. And I hope it will encourage you and remind you because in a world where we go to everything else, don't forget, man. Go to Jesus. Watch. Jesus teach and preach about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, a massive crowd gathered outside the synagogue to hear him speak. 
like any crowd. They were coming from many different places and many different perspectives. Young and old, men and women, rich and poor. But every person in that crowd had this one thing in common. They were tired. Tired of life. Tired of religion. Tired of waiting. And so he looked out upon this multitude of people who were scared, confused, and tired. And he told them, come to me. And that offer still stands for every one of us. Come to Jesus. All who are tired, all who are hurting, all who feel unworthy, all who feel unloved, all who have nothing left to give, come to Jesus. Bring your burdens, bring your fears, bring your biggest regrets and your worst mistakes. Bring your broken dreams and your painful disappointments. Bring your chains and bring your addictions. Bring it all and come to Jesus. Because he will receive you and he will redeem you. He will love you and he will lead you. He will accept you and forgive you. He will guide you and comfort you. He will care for you and watch over you. He will transform you and sustain you. So all who are weary, all who are lost, all who are tired, come as you are. Come today. Come to Jesus. I think it's a great reminder just because I think about where we go when we're in a bind. And I think what the story reminds me of is you have an opportunity to come to the one who gives you rest, who gives you peace, who can solve the problems you can't solve. And maybe that's why you're here today. It's not an accident. Maybe it's something you're going through now. Maybe it's something that will happen tomorrow, the next week, the next month. And then you'll be tempted to try to figure out how to solve yourself and go through all these other things. And maybe even be mad at God. And that reminds me of the group that you go, man, he didn't come through the way I thought. And I'm frustrated and I'm mad. And all of these emotions are going through your life. And what I hope you'll see today is, is that the quiz questions, he does care for you. He does hear you. He does love you. He can solve your problem. It really is true. And maybe the fear of the future has got you in a place where you really don't feel like you can move. This is a little bonus. This will be on the quiz later. This is a phrase you've probably heard, but it's frozen in fear. And this is the real driving point that we're going to end on today. When you're trying to solve problems and it's not going well, when you're worried about the future and you can't see how it's going to work out, and man, you're just caught up, locked up. Here's a verse for you. There's no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. Jesus loves you. He cares for you. And he loves you not like anybody you've ever experienced love in. And me, sometimes that's hard for me to wrap my head around. But how I can say that with confidence is, is that he demonstrated his love. He doesn't just say it. He actually did something about it. 
He went to the cross. He shed his blood. He overcame the grave. He gives you the power of the resurrection. So whenever you're confronted with a situation that you can't solve or you feel like, man, I don't know how we're going to work through this, is this is why I go to Jesus. And I'm like, all right, Jesus, I got to have you. Because he solved even death. He solved it all. He has the power to life on this earth and life everlasting. This is why. I don't know who you go to. I don't know what you're leaning on. But I'm going to go with the guy who not just says he loves me. He demonstrated his love. Because the demonstration says it all. And I found another video just to kind of drive that home is because I'm not a, a amusement, park, you know, amusement park rider guy. I mean, I'll do roller coaster. I don't do anything that spins. You know, I'm too old. But fear sometimes, I just don't think I can do all, I can't do all that. Well, I found this video of a grandpa and his love. And I want you to look at the little girl. I want you to listen to the grandpa. I want you to watch how there's no fear in her. And I want you to see the genuine deep love. And he didn't just say it. He demonstrated it. And this is a real example. Look at the tears. Look at what's happening in the story. And listen how he says, maybe when I demonstrate it, she will just come. Watch. A lot of grandparents complain that they don't see their grandkids enough. But Jimmy White of Decatur, Texas, doesn't have that problem. For one, his granddaughter lives right next door. But more importantly, he has created the ultimate grandchild enticement. You ready to go play? He thought of it the day he found out his daughter was pregnant with Sophia. Did you decide right then what kind of grandpa you wanted to be? Anytime she wants something, I'm going to try to give it to her. The spoiling kind yeah, of grandpa. Spoiling. <laughs> yeah, that's what grandkids are for. You spoil them. <laughs> as soon as I found out I was going to be a grandpa, that's when I started. Jimmy is a jack of all trades. He can build pretty much anything. So not long after that first ultrasound, Ready? he began constructing six flags over Sophia. Today, Sophia's own personal roller coaster <laughs> circles around her own personal carnival swing round and, round circle. and her own personal Ferris wheel. Everything is built from scrap parts, put the seat on. but he says it's all safe and sturdy enough for an adult to ride, even the roller coaster, which is grandpa-powered, gravity-fed, and very much Sophia-approved. Bye-bye. How often does she come here? Uh, probably nearly every day. Every day? Yeah. So this is working. Oh, it's working. As Sophia gets older, Jimmy plans to add more attractions. Go-karts will be next. All in an attempt to recreate the bond Jimmy says he had with his own grandfather. That's what I'm trying to do with my granddaughter. Because after I pass away or gone, I want her to look back all the times, the good times that we had. I don't think there's any danger of her forgetting you. No, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Of course, no matter how many rides he fabricates, eventually, Sophia will outgrow this place. There you go. And when she keeps coming back anyway, maybe then Jimmy will realize the real draw here was never this amusement park. It was the loving grandpa. Ready to go round and round? Who cared enough to build it. Round and round. <laughs> Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Decatur, Texas. Come on, y'all. How cool is that? How cool is that? You go, well, Josh, what's so cool about it? It's just a modern-day example of love demonstrated. No fear. Perfect love casts out fear. 
And that love draws her to him. That's my prayer for us today. Would you pray with me? God, I just think about everybody in this room and I think about their problems, their circumstances, their situations. And maybe they've been tempted to run away from you, be frustrated with you, or even to be paralyzed in the fear because they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I pray that what they see is, is that you love them and that you demonstrated that love by dying on the cross, by shedding your blood, by overcoming the grave to give us hope. You put together a life on this planet, Lord, where you serve people and you solve problems like no other human. You have power that we can't get anywhere else. And we have these stories documented through all of history, 2,000 plus years, to come back to on a day like today to remind each and every one of us that you do hear us and that do you pr do promise to help us. And so what I'm praying is if someone here today needs that, that they would say, Jesus, I need you. Man, I am overwhelmed and I, it hasn't worked me trying to fix it myself. So I'm asking you to come into my life, come into this situation and change me, change the situation. I don't want you to be my last resort, Jesus. I want to come to you first. And Lord, I need you. And I know, Jesus, you'll heal them, you'll help them, you'll meet them where they are, and that you'll encourage them that you're going to walk with them through it. And I thank you that they tuned in today. I thank you that they came today. And I pray that as we get ready to walk out of here, that we would remember that you don't just come to us one time. You promise to walk with us every day, to cast out fear, to love us in a way, Lord, that helps us to overcome whatever problem it is that's in front of us, realizing you truly are the solution. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.